Hey, I'm Taylor Dorson, and this is the Professional Technical Interviewee. Technical interviews are hard, and every company does them differently. On this show, I interview engineering leaders to see what they look for in technical candidates, and then they perform a real technical interview with me. I hope you enjoy. Great. Well, Joe, hello. How are you? I'm doing great. How are you doing today? Good. Good. Uh, Our guest today is Joe Massey, who is currently a lead engineer at HomeChef. Before that, you were a manager, senior manager, manager of internal learning uh, at Innova. You worked in a lot of roles there. And um, you've also done technical consulting in the past in the kind of the apprenticeship and the the, um, onboarding space uh, for for companies in the Chicagoland area, and then also spoke at a whole slew of conferences. Um, Have I missed anything? Or is that sum it up uh, that's that's about right that's about right <laughs> cool great can you share a little bit about your, your current company home chef and kind of your role there sure yeah so home chef it's funny this is the first time i've worked for a company that has like a physical good that we ship um we, we ship boxes of food to to people um sort of like freshly or um hello fresh blue apron those kind of things um so yeah uh, i'm a lead engineer there i run two teams one of them is our internal apps team so taking care of like customer service our culinary team that kind of stuff and the other team is our retail um we're owned by kroger uh so we have our stuff in three thousand stores uh, and you can imagine the logistics around that kind of stuff um takes some support so sure that's great. Can you share a little bit about the, the tech stack there? Yeah, it's um, kind of your, your normal rails Rails, React, Postgres, you know, RSpec, kind of the thing. A lot of, a lot of companies in the Rails space, I think, have like pretty much identical stacks. Yeah, sure. Cool. And when you say lead, um, like an engineering lead, you're, you're leading two mm-hmm. teams. Do you mean actually like managing those individuals too or more leading from like mm-hmm. an engineering perspective? Maybe someone else is doing the management. Yeah, I like that question. Um, I am not anyone's formal manager, which is kind of what I was looking for in this role. Um, I lead them in a technical sense, like figuring out project stuff. Um, And, you know, there's a lot of informal mentorship, uh, you know, informal authority, that kind of thing. Um, And then I also have um, kind of more of a view across the department on you know, stuff like our CI runtime and our deployment scripts and Mm -hmm. and that sort of thing. Um, So, yeah. Nice. Great. Can you share a little bit about your, your pathway into technology? Were you a traditional computer science graduate, more self-taught somewhere in between? Yeah. Yeah. No, I was, I was a CS graduate, which feels like really archaic these days. I feel like sure. everybody <laughs> uh, came through bootcamp. I kind of wish they existed back when, back when I was learning, but yeah, I got a CS degree actually started programming professionally the, in my freshman year uh, in CS convinced somebody somehow that they should pay me money um yeah i've been at it for 18 years now so nice long time that's awesome i'm old <laughs> you know what's funny is um so i the, the first 
uh, I, I worked at a coding bootcamp for a number of years mm-hmm. and I actually spoke with a consultant who we brought on who had worked with coding bootcamps over the years. And I said, I didn't know there was coding bootcamps before Dev Bootcamp and, you know, this yeah. kind of more recent wave. And he said, oh, yeah. there's always been coding bootcamps as long as there was coding, right? He's like, you just oh. don't hear about them because they, they popped up, they trained a bunch yeah. of whole pe- a whole bunch of people and then they shut down, right? And he's like, <laughs> pre.com, boom, you had a ton of yeah. coding bootcamps that now all oh, those right, folks are... 20 plus years into their career and they yeah. just take it off the resume. Right. So you see these guys yeah. that don't have necessarily any type of computer science background. You're like, how'd they get yeah. into it? And they might tell you, yeah, I did a little training on the side and maybe not say, Oh, it was, you know, whatever the <laughs> dev bootcamp of, of, you know, 1999 of yesteryear. Right? Yeah. Yeah. No, that's cool. That's really cool. And I mean, it's cool that you can do that and be like completely fantastic at, at what we do. Like, it's funny. I don't, I don't usually end up using my like formal CS education um very much so yeah what was your uh, you said you lend your your first engineering job mm. um so those i would i would say that those were like little i wouldn't even consider them a job um i'd say my first real engineering job was an internship like a couple years in um i was working actually for the chicago public library which has like 110 branches or something so you know you can imagine there's there's actually a surprising amount of um, internal, uh, tooling that gets built. Um, yeah. So intern, they hired me after I graduated too. So ended up being my first real, real, real job too. Nice. So kind of transition in that. That's great. I think it's, you say like, you know, kind of little jobs. I think that's something that's, that's often overlooked too. If you can afford to do it, I think it's a easier way mm-hmm. into technology. A lot of times it's like, can I take yeah. this smaller part-time thing, at least get something on the resume. And then, you know, maybe it becomes a full-time thing later on, or at least yeah. it's something right. That says someone has paid me to do this, even if it was, you know, $12 an hour. <laughs> yeah, no, it's, it's just like a, it's like a degree. The entire thing is proof yeah. when somebody, when, when you're, you know, getting hired, uh, as a developer, they want to know that somebody's yeah taken that. I was actually I was selling refrigerators and like programming in my like free time while I went yeah. to college. <laughs> I love it. Uh, you know, it's it's funny. Um, I think I had a, someone who started. They were doing Cutco knife sales. They they told the story recently on the show <laughs> of, as they were learning to code. It's quite so interesting. I, whatever trades. pays the rent, right? Yeah. Right. Okay. And then how'd you end up at home chef kind of this last transition here? Yeah, it was, uh, I was running my own, uh, company remotely doing code, doing, as you said, helping companies with the onboarding and, uh, apprenticeship stuff, um, worked at home by myself for like two years, essentially. And then I said, I really want to work in an office environment, uh, and actually talk to people in person. So I did that. <laughs> COVID happened, And here I am back, back by myself. Um, but, you know, I, I enjoy working with teams. I enjoy working on, you know, one consistent uh, company. Like there's something to be said for consulting and there's something to be said for kind of being in-house product side. Um, they're both fun. Can you share, I, I find your background really interesting and kind of a, a unique skill set um, of working at Innova. And this is my understanding. You worked at Innova kind of help build this internal training program, right? To get people mm-hmm. like, when they were onboarded, not necessarily from a Ruby tech stack, right? You could help yeah. them get, try to get ramped up as quickly as possible. And then I think after doing that for several years, you thought like, is there a way to do this, you know, at scale or at least help other companies do the same type of thing? 
Yeah. Yeah. Um, I, I was really fortunate to get to sort of invent the job and, and get my boss to give me that job that I had invented. Um, I think at the time the company, the engineering team had been growing pretty quickly. Um, mm-hmm. you know, for an engineering team that was like 80 folks bringing on like four or five folks every couple of weeks is, you know, very disruptive. Um, new employees That's are super disruptive. Yeah. Right. Um, so I, my pitch was that I can get all those folks in, not disrupt the teams and bring them and the rest of the team up to a higher standard, a higher level of the, of the coding that we're doing. Mm-hmm. Um, and then having done that, especially with some new grads, I'm like, all right, well, you know, I had, I had one candidate, um, who came from our call center back then. Mm-hmm. And, um, she interviewed and uh, she bombed because she was trying to like learn in her free time. She had like four kids. And I'm like, no, but this is the person that I want on my team. So give me this person and I'm going to turn them into somebody you really want in your team. And that's, that's what got me into apprenticeship. And then, yeah, a little while later, I decided it was kind of, you know, time to move on. Um, but like, I care very deeply about um, helping people get into the industry. And so, so that was sort of my, um, that was my start in trying to get people to do apprenticeship programs and, and be able to, to hire more junior folk. Yeah. I think there's at Anova in particular, that, that program was kind of long lasting and um, I had worked with them in, in the past as a recruiter. I think Yeah, I saw at least four or five people that I had worked with that, that landed there that went from maybe non Ruby tech stacks or maybe tech stacks that feel a little bit outdated or maybe aren't as popular into sure. this, this role. Right. And I think that's something that, yeah. that really helpful for that was more like senior level folks, but especially being able to take yeah. on more early career individuals is, is huge. Right. Especially it opens up kind of changes how you can hire. Right. Cause you're not trying to compete yeah. with the same, you know, 50 engineers who are looking at any given time <laughs> um, that, that everyone else yeah. is. Right. Yeah. Yeah. It's funny, right? Like if, if you're more junior and you've been job searching, I'm sure you've heard the story all the time of like, Oh, we just need senior people. We just like, there's just right now we only need senior people. Um, and those folks are wrong. (laughs) They, they could handle more junior folks. They just, I just think a lot of them don't understand how. Um, so it's, it's nice to be able to kind of like broaden that and be like, no, you can, you don't need like eight years of experience for the work that you're doing. Like we can, yeah. we can get you something easier. Yeah. Well, it's funny to me too, having been at now a couple of companies that there's, it's really interesting to see how much of an emphasis there is on like helping get people up to speed versus like, yeah, you'll figure it out as you get along. <laughs> and I feel like the difference is often like, okay, am I not productive for three weeks, like three months mm-hmm. or like six months? Right. And if it's mm-hmm. three yeah. weeks, it's like, great. Like that was a really great onboarding program. And I actually sure. feel like I'm, you know, hitting the ground running three months. That's eh, okay. Right. Maybe it's a little bit more complicated, but six yeah. months, we just finally feel like you're getting into it. That's like, yeah, whew, that's a lot. Right. That sounds really dispiriting. Right. Like that, that just sounds, that, that would feel rough to me. Um, yeah. I can't imagine. Yeah. It's kind of interesting not to be in that situation, thankfully, but um, yeah. Yeah. Well, have you, I'm curious, do you do technical interviews um, currently at Home Shaft? Are you involved in that process? Yeah. So I'm, I'm in the hiring process. Um, I do more culture interviews than I do technicals. Um, just scheduling wise, it's a little bit easier for me. Um, but yeah, I've, I've delivered a handful of them recently. Nice. And what are you typically evaluating for when you're looking for, I guess, maybe at Home Chef and in the past when you're um, evaluating someone from mm-hmm. a technical perspective for your team? 
Well, sort of, sort of almost like an aside there's, uh, in, in software, we try to like always reinvent the wheel cause that's what we do compulsively, but there's actually like a hundred years of research into what makes a good hiring, uh, experience uh, and what's sure. effective and like what turns out to be scientifically effective is essentially do the work. The best way to prove that somebody can do the work is to do the work. Mm -hmm. uh, and so we have an interview question that is essentially, here's, here's a repo with some amount of code. We're going to go through and solve a bug, or we're going to go through and um, add a small feature. Um, and so I guess in one sense, the answer is, can they do the work? Um, and in another sense, there's a huge amount, which is attitude um, and you know how they approach problems, how they work with other people, how they communicate. Um, which I would say is, is probably equally important to the other bit. I can, I can help you raise, you know, the sort of technical bar. If you're struggling a little bit, it's, it's really hard to raise, uh, this other bar on, on how you interact with other people. I can't really train you on that. Yeah. Well, and it's such a tough thing to, to coach around, right? Especially if someone's, I feel like right. the later in someone's career there, the less likely they are to change their whole mentality around communication. Yeah, right? yeah for yeah. sure. For sure. Yeah. It's interesting. Do you have a, you said this kind of do the work um, philosophy. Do you have mm -hmm. a standardized system or a process that you use currently to basically evaluate? Yeah. People? Yeah. I mean, we have a, we have a standard uh, interview question. So it's, uh, we primarily hire uh, just sort of full stack developers. So mm -hmm. um, in the past, I've been in places that hire like separate DBAs and, and QA folk and, uh, you know, and developers and, front end people. Um, in this place, it's primarily uh, full stack. So it's, it's pretty much the same code base, same question. I think we technically have two questions, one like a little more front endy. Um, the, the sort of like grading, I would say is not super standardized. Um, mm. It should be, but it's not, but you know, that's the reality. Yeah. What's that process look like? Is it a, I'm assuming some type of phone call first and then what's, mm -hmm. what's after that? Yeah. So in, in these days of literally everyone being remote to their jobs, uh, it is essentially, um, usually two, two folks from our team, one, one more junior, one more senior, uh, mm -hmm. and then on a remote call like this, and we use, uh, I forget the name of a piece of software that lets you kind of share a keyboard. Uh, and yeah. it runs on a, we have like an interview laptop that, um, that we kind of all remote into to deal with. Nice. That's great. So is that the, that's the technical portion. That's the technical portion. Yeah. So it's, yeah. it's like a, it's a 90 minute interview. Um, everyone remotes in, chat a little, um, kind of walk through this ticket, ask questions, see if you can solve it. Um, we don't expect that everyone's going to get all the way through. Um, but it's nice to sort of approach the same problem to, to be able to compare people a little bit more, um, evenly fairly. Yeah. Nice. And then is there some type of final after that or does, is that kind of the, the process? Yeah, we do not do, um, we do not do a second one. We don't do homework right now. Um, I think that question is, it covers a lot of the same ground that most people's homework, uh, most companies homework problems do. Um, yeah. so there's, there's a, a final, uh, with leadership kind of interview, but, um, we're, we're shorter rounds. I get the sense a lot of people are shorter rounds nowadays because of the market being what it is. But I think there's, if you're still 
putting people through five, six rounds and, you know, they got to meet with so-and-so and so-and-so and so-and-so. And so. <laughs> yeah. I think you, it's just, they're going to disappear by the time you get there. Even, even yeah. early career folks, I think are, are, yeah. um, are like, Oh, if you need me to have six conversations, like what is, what were the first mm-hmm. three for? Right. <laughs> like, yeah. Why do we, right? What do you need me to yeah. meet with more people? Uh, and I hear people now just like rejecting homework. They're like, I'm not going to do that. Yeah. <laughs> so like, wow. That's, that's great from a, you know, employee standpoint, from an employer standpoint, I'm like, Oh, <laughs> but, yeah. um, but it's, it's kind of neat to see how those are changing. Well, it is interesting. There's this kind of, um, consistently you see two mindsets having, having done the show for a while now, it's either, yeah. you know, traditional, leak code whiteboarding style interview question yeah. right which the idea is well everyone's given it at the same time and you know you mm-hmm. know these types of questions are out there so you could study mm-hmm. for them right or it's <laughs> sure. that's that's bullshit and it's not actually applicable to the job so we do <laughs> a homework yeah, style uh, like build something right? for us um yeah. and you can do it on your own time right and they both and I think that the flip side to that is like, yeah, but you know, the thing you think takes two hours probably actually takes someone six hours and yeah. then you're asking for, you know, you have to control a, for that for sure. Yeah. For sure. The Lico, the algorithmic stuff though, right? Like this is, this is in this hundred year old research, not effective. Yeah. Like sure. just, just roll a die and hire them on a six. Um, because like you said, you can study for the leak code thing, but I can tell you that I have not written a sort algorithm at work ever. Sure. <laughs> right. Yeah, yeah. Like, uh, walking around the past, like, cool. I'm going to, you know, go through this, like neat, uh, give me like the lowest cost air flight to yeah. Cancun bypass. And it's like, you're, you're never going to come on. <laughs> like, yeah, be serious. <laughs> um, yeah. but there's, we chatted a little bit before the show. There's this, you're right. There's, there's like that. There's the, like, do a real thing. I think uh-huh. sometimes there's this like, puzzle that's not like a trick and i think there's like two different styles whiteboarding i find to be toxic but there's somewhere in the middle that uh you know we're going to talk about in part two which is like yeah it's sort of contrived but hopefully it it at least gets problem solving it gets you know talking through requirements it gets Mm -hmm. that kind of stuff um which i think sometimes is the best you can do yeah, I think this this is what I've seen is kind of developing the the company about now levels did this the same thing. Um, the Home Chef, right, mm-hmm. has this philosophy where it's like let's get you as close as possible to doing some type of real work and yeah. doing it in a closed time box environment. It's like we have ninety minutes, yeah. we're gonna work through this and set the expectation of like we're not expecting you to get from you know yeah point A to the end right in this time mm-hmm. period because. Our, our people probably didn't fix this in that time period. Right. So it's like, this <laughs> yeah, is exactly yeah. as close as we can get and you're communicating. Right. And I feel like that's the the biggest part is yeah. like, you're, you're trying to see this realistic um, time set. I think maybe it takes a little bit mm-hmm. more time for folks, right. If you're doing the standard sure. leak code, you hey, we got 30 minutes. Here's one question or two questions and you're <laughs> yeah. done. Right. That's so much pressure though. Right. Like the yeah. cool thing about the, you're not going to finish problems is I feel like people like explode with the pressure when yeah. you're like, you're going to have to do this by 60 minutes or you're not getting a job and yeah. so you get into like 40 minutes you're like oh god oh god what am i doing yeah um that's not how the job works right yeah, yeah. um or hopefully not if if your job actually <laughs> works like that like you got you got organizational problems to solve yeah reach out to home chef right <laughs> reach out to home chef. yeah 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 it's interesting i, mean, I don't know i i I kind of like the leak code sale stuff, but just because yeah. I know it's a thing that you can prepare for. Right. And like, yeah. I also That's know fair. I got 30 minutes and 
if I do well, I'm moving on. And if I don't, that's only 30 <laughs> minutes of my time that I lost, right? Versus right, that's, that's I spent fair. six that's hours fair. on a project that uh, yeah. they send me a form rejection letter. Well, six hours is too many. Yeah, no, yeah. six hours is, is too many for sure. I mean, I would say that your your job at Levels is probably practice for, you know, that other style of interview. Yeah. So, you know, you're actually spending dozens of hours per week uh, practicing for that style of interview. I guess that's right. true. That's interesting. Uh, yeah. huh. I didn't think about that. Uh, cool. As far <laughs> as um, technical interviews in the past, I guess, how do you feel you've mm-hmm. done in technical interviews? Do you feel like, you know, you love them, mm-hmm. you hate them somewhere in between? I wouldn't say I like them, but I feel like I do. I'm able to do quite well. Um, mm-hmm. I think a surprising amount of that is just that I'm very gregarious and I'm happy to like talk out loud and, um, yeah. and I'm willing to not know a thing. Um, I think that people sometimes get trapped in like feeling like they can't have any ignorance in the interview, mm. uh, or getting, you know, frustrated and stuck. Um, I will just be like, I don't get it. Let's talk through this thing. Like, let's, let's write it down. Let's, uh, figure it out. Let's ask questions. And I, I think that that, um, puts people at a positive frame of mind. And, and then I, I feel like I do well just from a purely coding standpoint. Fortunately, at this point, I've got so much um, history that I feel like I usually have some sort of analogy to whatever it is they're doing. Yeah, makes sense. Yeah, you mentioned earlier, there's like this pressure, right? Of like, oh, I only have X amount of time left. Like, can I figure this out? But but, yeah. but I think the cure to that is being open to, to saying like, oh, I don't know this thing, right? Or like, mm-hmm. huh, I, I, I don't know how to answer this whole problem, right? But at least let me take this piece of it and try to, to work through that. And I think that's the biggest realization I've come to is that, yes, it'd be great if you could solve the problem, right? But Mm -hmm. if you're not going to solve the problem, at least solve some part of it, right? And then you can show you understand how to work through something. And I think that is often what interviews are looking for is like, show Mm -hmm. me when you get to a difficult point and you don't have an immediate solution, what do you do from there? Right. And like, what is your problem solving? Yeah. 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 And how do you hopefully verbalize it out loud? Cause I'll say as an interview, sometimes folks get to that point, they just get quiet for 10 minutes and like, I'm feeling awkward and they're feeling awkward. Yeah. Um, I actually had a really, uh, an interview that went really well. I was a candidate in this case where I ran out of time near the end. Uh, and there was a significant chunk left and and I basically was able to say like, I want to pause this and I want to talk through that part. I'm not going to be able to program it, but I want to, I want to have a discussion about what that other part looks like. Um, and I feel like that was received really well. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think I'm hearing often from, from folks who are on the the show as well. There's, I call it hand waving stuff away. Um, I don't know if it's, the, I got to find <laughs> sure. a better term for it. Right. But that, yeah. that's kind of what you're alluding to, right. Where you're saying, I do not have time to do this thing, but mm-hmm. I, if I had time, I could probably do this or at least, at least let yeah. me show you, I understand this. So we don't have to go yeah. super deep into this. Right. Yeah. And there's usually some like, uh, you know, oftentimes there's like some, trick or twists or something yeah. or like some part that's like the kernel of the, the difficult part of that. Right. Cause you know, if you're just implementing straight trivial stuff, it's maybe not a great interview, but um, yeah. Yeah. So if you can say like identify the tough part and talk through sort of how you approach that, that's that same, you know, same thing you're looking for in that earlier part. Like you understand yeah. it, you're willing to, to talk through it. Great. 
Um, do you have any type of system? I think you, you mentioned kind of asking questions and, and calling out when, when you don't know something, but any, any yeah. type of system you use to break down technical questions where maybe someone says, Hey, hmm. do X. And you're like, I don't know if I know how to do it. <laughs> yeah. I mean, again, definitely calling it out, willing to be ignorant, um, willing to ask tons of questions. I think a lot of interviews, part of the intent is they want you to, to clarify a bunch of requirements. Mm. Um, in those cases, you can kind of hear it because you read the question prompt. You're like, ah, oh, okay, this is a little vague. I'll break that down. Um, I tend to try to implement the stupidest version of whatever the thing is. Uh, very fortunate to work in the Ruby community where you could just do stupid stuff with Ruby. Um, but you know, it's like the very basic case. And then, you know, I'm like, all right, I'm going to, I'm going to start with the dumb version to get somewhere. Yeah. And then let's talk about moving up into something smarter. Right. Um, but I tell them this is not the code I would ship. <laughs> sure. Yeah. Yeah. Interesting. Yeah. It, it, that makes a lot of sense. Um, do you have any advice or tips for folks who are going into technical interviews? I mean, it's a lot of the things we talked about. I think um, hopefully if you're in a um, healthy company or a healthy interview, um, I think it's sometimes easy to forget. Like the interview wants you to do well. The interviewer feels very awkward when you're not doing well. So like they're rooting for you. <laughs> um, and, and I try to express that with, with our candidates and say like, I'm here to, to get you to show your best. Like, I'm not here to like trick you and make you feel bad. Like I'm here to like help you show off how good you are. Um, and so like you, you can depend on me, not like trying to, you know, screw you over. Yeah. Um, and I think that that can sometimes help remove some of those nerves um, for folks, if, even if they don't say it for you to remember that that's the case. Yeah. Yeah. Well, I think it just sets a tone, right? That, that is so much yeah. better in a, an interview, right? Especially if people mm -hmm. are coming in with nerves and you, you're barely mm -hmm. you know, hearing the interviewer's name, right? But if they at least say, Hey, I'm here, <laughs> sure. to, I'm here to try to help. Right. At least it's yeah. one, maybe pulls back one layer of stress, right? Of like, okay, great. Yeah. At least they're on my side. At least they, they're saying yeah. they're on my side. Yeah. It's not you versus me. It's us, you know, trying to figure out a thing together. Um, yeah. Yeah. I think that's the, um, maybe I lean into this too much of uh, what I've interviewed in the past, but I'm trying to think of it as like having a conversation with the other person or like solving mm -hmm. a problem with the other person rather than um, like, they've asked me a question and now I'm expected to spit out this result, right? Like my goal yeah. is to let's have a conversation. Um, mm -hmm. and, and almost like if we were working through this problem together, right. I say maybe I've leaned yeah. into that too much because I definitely had people tell me in the past, like, Oh, you ask a lot of questions. And I'm like, yeah. Cause I don't necessarily it, know the answer. Is that bad? <laughs> I mean, <laughs> should, yeah. I, should I not be asking questions? Yeah. yeah. Um, no, it's, it's funny. We talk about technical interviews, right. And like the, the, conceit of the interview is usually like uh, you're going to code something or I'm going to have you design an API or, or something like that. But yeah, I, I think uh, having that conversation, like I think it leaves the other person feeling like they had a positive interaction. And, and frankly, most places don't have very formal scoring and that person's going to yeah. score you higher because they liked uh, interacting with you. Is that fair? I don't know. Is you know, uh, if, if we were talking about an ideal world, maybe not, but, um, but that is a reality we live in and, and I want to get hired. So I'm going to, yeah. I'm going to be friendly. <laughs> yeah. I've said 
before hiring us a game of inches sometimes, right? Where you just have to be kind of one inch or one step ahead of whoever the other person on the list is, right? And I don't know. <laughs> you I, don't have to be faster than the bear, right? Uh... Yeah, right. <laughs> right. I think I, I mean, yeah, I don't know if it's necessarily fair, but I don't think I would have a job as, if, as an engineer if I had not been able to make a connection, right, early on. And then yeah. at least I've got something pulling me through when I maybe I do yeah. high on person in, like, person-to-person communication and mediocre yeah. technical at least i've probably getting past it right theater background right yeah um <laughs> which there's sort of an inverse of that right which like some some people like they hear that and they're very shy or they get they get a lot of nerves right and like that's yeah. part of why you try to reduce folks nerves but like if you're you're a shy person and you struggle to communicate like i think that's the the biggest hurdle that a lot of those folks yeah um hit because they they may be quite good um, but then they get, you know, they tense up and they have a difficult time with that communication. Um, and that's why mock interviews are great because it gives you a mm-hmm. chance to, um, you know, kind of do it until it's boring and not, you know, not some, some like exceptional brought up circumstance. Um, yeah. We were talking before the show about, you know, hating watching stuff you've done in the past, right? Or like hearing your own voice. <laughs> I think yeah. it is, it is a similar thing where you can train yourself to get used to it. If you just force yeah. yourself to get through it enough times, same yeah. thing with mock interviews where like, it's this like immediate fear response. But if you expose mm-hmm. yourself to it enough times then it does yeah. less, at least to some extent, maybe you're never going to be like, you know, steady no, pulse the entire yeah, time. Exactly. But I mean, interviews it, are stressful, like for yeah. anybody. So you're never going to, totally get away from it. but yeah you're 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 inoculated against the the stress right yeah pull it down from 120 beats per minute to, to 80 and hopefully <laughs> <laughs> you know it, it won't be as bad yeah, yeah exactly um I, I had a a question around you mentioned um earlier basically if you get a vague question uh and, and you recognize like oh maybe they're they're expecting me to kind of put some of the parameters in place right or ask questions mm-hmm. around these do you tend to ask it in a question form or or, or more state something where like oh okay yeah. well let's assume that these are all going to be arrays and you know this is always mm-hmm. going to have integers in it i'm never going to have an empty array right so i don't have to even yeah. check for that or are you asking questions in the form of okay, can I assume that this would be the case or, you know, will I ever have that's empty arrays? Yeah. I, that's, that's an interesting question. It feels, it feels a little bit situational, right? Hmm. If you, um, when you get a prompt, right? Like, you know, when you start with the prompt, I feel like this is the first big opportunity where, where you sort of identify, um, what do you mean when you say X, you know, when you, mm-hmm. when we talk about this, are we getting, consistent input are we getting it as an array um sometimes i think when you're in the middle of coding that's your opportunity to sort of like identify that and hand wave it kind of as you said yeah like drop a little comment in and be like this isn't going to work if there's a nil at the end of the array uh we'll come back to that but i want to i want to get through this thing we'll come back to that to that other case um you know where where it's maybe a little bit more declarative than than a question but yeah, you know, question pulls in the interviewer, right? It means the interviewer gets to participate. Yeah. Yeah. That makes sense. Yeah. I've heard it both ways. And it's always interesting to me. I always feel super aggressive and I'm like, there's never going to be a negative, you know, number in this array. And I'm, <laughs> I guess, I guess they'll tell me different. If I guess there will be. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. 
I don't, I, I'm not sure I would receive that poorly. I mean, yeah. unless you made some like super, you know, you're like, unless you like got rid of the part that is supposed to be hard. Right. Sure. Like I'm going to assume all the inputs are trivial. Yeah. Like, well, but they're not. <laughs> it's it's going to return that. true by default. Right. Like this, this is always going to yeah. be easy. Yeah. Maybe you could say yeah. like, all right, to start, I'm going to assume, you know what I mean? Like, yeah. At, at this level, I'm going to make this assumption. You've called out that you mm-hmm. have identified an issue. You haven't really precluded um, it moving beyond that or you solving for that problem. Yeah. I don't know. Maybe that would be, I feel like that would be effective. Yeah, I, I actually like that. Like to, to start, I'll assume this. And then again, I think the the benefit of making this statement is they'll probably tell you otherwise if if you know, <laughs> sure. they yeah. want you to solve for whatever that thing is. Um, yeah. And then you're not having to, you know, spend time asking the question. At least they'll note that, right? Of like, oh, interesting. And then maybe they, they'll ask you at the end, right? I think that's often yeah. where things go is like, you may, even if you ask that question ahead of time, they'll be like, oh, yeah, you don't have to worry about that. And then you get to the end yeah. and they go, okay, great. Now, what would this look like if you did have to worry about that thing, mm-hmm. right? Yeah, there's, uh, whenever you see a rubric, so a lot of interviews have a grading rubric. So yeah. these are one, two, three, four, five. Like a lot of what you see on those rubrics is like, they mentioned input validation. They found X bug or issue. They, mm-hmm. you know, and it's and it's checkmarky, right? Because if you're gonna have a grading rubric, in a sense, you you end up being very checkmarkish. Yeah. Um, so even calling those out, sometimes you can like rack that checkmark up, even if you don't go back and and solve it immediately. Yeah. D- do you have different advice um, or maybe additional advice for early career engineers? Maybe people who are going into their, their first job search, maybe they're, you know, they got six months to a year yeah. of experience kind of looking. Sure. Um, I'd say the first one is, is the interesting one because um, you don't have proof, right? Mm. You know, we, we talked about those early um, first, you know, contracting gigs. Uh, I, as a hiring manager, if I've got somebody who's in the very beginning, um, I, I need to like have some kind of proof that they know something. Right. And so your, your goal is like no red flags. <laughs> I will not do anything red flagish and I will like demonstrate to this person. Right. Or like, how do I get this person to understand that? Like, I do know how to do this thing. I promise. Yeah. Um, which is one of the cool things about boot camps, right. Is you get that portfolio, but yeah. yeah. I think that's um, the the biggest thing I've seen from bootcamp graduates is like, do you have something you can show at the end? Right. And like, yeah, at least that gets your foot in the door. Um, yeah. Hopefully you yeah. can show some complexity of it, but even if it's just something that, you know, you're not super proud of that project, at least if you have something, right. That's helpful. Yeah, absolutely. Well, in the, uh, so there are a lot of career switchers nowadays, right. Uh, I, the number of like jazz musicians that I've known who are now programmers is like way more significant than I would have anticipated. Yeah. Um, but another thing that you can do that I try to express, you know, when I went to that bootcamp to help folks out is do not hide or throw away that experience. That experience mm. is valuable, right? Like, uh, being able to say, you know, in my, my former job, I had to, you know, break down things or I had to, um, you know, pay attention to, to what people wanted, uh, you know, like what, whatever you can pull out of that. Um, I, again, as the interviewer now, now get to feel like, ah, yeah, they, they have that skill, you know, maybe really well developed. Um, like those things are a strength, not a drawback. Yeah, absolutely. I, I used to, 
when I was working uh, at actually as a coding bootcamp, I used to tell folks mm-hmm. like you may score kind of here on their their technical standards, yeah. right? But that's probably where they're expecting you to come in at, right? But where sure. you're going to shine yeah. is that you come in here, you know, some other business yeah. thing that that maybe a computer skills, science graduate isn't going to have, right? Like a yeah. a 21 year old who's this is their first job, uh, maybe they're going to yeah. be a little bit soft on their ability to. I mean, just show up to work on time, right? Versus like, yeah. oh, you know, I've been a professional <laughs> for for 15 years or 10 years. Like, okay, yeah. you have something that you can show you understand, you know, wearing a collar sure. shirt on. Maturity, on, t- yeah. yeah, teamwork, uh, yeah. collaboration. Uh, also like CS, uh, I think maybe there's a perception that CS grads come out like knowing a lot about writing code, frankly. Yeah. Um, computer science degrees do an awful job teaching people to be like, day-to-day professional engineers yeah yeah um so you should never feel like the cs kids are coming out you know like coming out swinging four years into their career they they also need to learn all that stuff yeah having worked with now interns and and um uh, a good chunk of basically just computer science graduates and beat a bootcamp graduate myself now Mm -hmm. i feel like sql is is weirdly strong with computer science graduates they always come out really understanding sql and maybe it's just because i don't understand like I'm just barely getting by and they're like, Oh, we got to use a, a right yeah. join here. And I'm like, whatever you say in turn, like, that's, let's do it. Yeah. That's interesting. That might be one where the, where the having the sort of theoretical underpinning is, is maybe a little bit more helpful because SQL is yeah. essentially an algebra of sorts. Yeah. Um, yeah. I had like two databases classes in, in college. So you may be right that that's probably one of the ones where they, they come out a little stronger. But ask them to use Git, they never done it. Yeah, <laughs> right. Even CSS, I'm like, oh, my my SQL deficiencies are, you know, kind of made up by the fact that I understand how to make a page look nice, right? Versus, yeah, like, yeah. How do we do this class, right? I'm like, oh, mm-hmm. great. Like now I got something, right? Yeah, exactly, um, exactly. Uh, before we you know take a break and then move into the the technical portion, um, mm-hmm. do you have any interviewing horror stories that you're willing to share that maybe people can relate to to think, oh, you know, it's not so bad. Um, sure, you know, it could even happen sure. to Joe. I've I, well, I've got one from being the interviewer that I that okay. yeah. uh, I think you you had Jeff Miller on the on the show previously, yeah, yeah. Um, which is funny because I think he tells this story too, where um, I. I interviewed him and then I told him no. (laughs) (laughs) And, uh, I'm like, nah, this guy, he's not into it. He's not really, you know, he's not really showing any of the things I want him to show like pass. And then he, he came back and he's like, "Mm, you're wrong. And I'm going to prove to you that you're wrong. And I ended up giving him a, a (laughs) chance anyway. And he turned out to be a fantastic engineer. Um, and I think in that sense, like that very much demonstrates that, that hiring is, is, guessing in a lot of ways um you know if you're if you're not doing well in an interview or if you do get passed on that doesn't mean that you wouldn't have been great for the role frankly it doesn't, yeah. doesn't mean anything about you um hiring's hard folks are bad at it um i'd say on the interviewee side um my very first interview uh at the library job mm-hmm. i i thought i bombed I, I left that interview and uh, I, I called a friend and I'm like, well, <laughs> on to the next one. <laughs> and, uh, and they ended up hiring me, uh, which is sort of the sort of the inverse of that is like, you may be doing better than you thought. I didn't understand back then 
that my job was not to like have all the right answers. And so they yeah. kept asking me these questions. I'm like, <sighs> I, one of them, I was literally like, what is the, after we moved on, I'm like, what was the answer to that last question? <laughs> um, but so you may be doing better than you think you are. So like, don't, don't be like, well, I didn't know the answer. So I'm going to stop, give up. Yeah. Um, Cause you never know. I mean, that might be a plus for, for some interviews, right? Or if you, you don't know yeah. the answer at all. And then you actually ask afterwards, like, yeah. can I like, teach me something? Right. Yeah. Uh, uh, which I did. I have given up. I'm like, all right, well, I've, I've already lost. And so I'm like, whatever, I'll, I'll learn something new while I'm at it. But yeah, apparently that had been a, a strong positive in my favor. You know, it's, uh, um, inquisitiveness, curiosity, yeah. right. You know, it's something that they valued. So I was able to dem- accidentally <laughs> demonstrate sure. uh, inquisitiveness. Yeah, that, that's really funny. So I just said um, Veronica um, Brutron from, she's the CEO of Tango Code um, on hmm. um, a couple of weeks ago. And she's a very similar story. Basically, she kind of interned for a company and just absolutely bombed, right? And <laughs> she's like, I didn't even know what they were talking about, right? And clearly they knew yeah. I didn't know what they were talking about, right? Sure, um, sure. But she said, you know, they still gave me a job offer. Obviously, I took it because I was like, I, I don't sure. think based yeah. off of that, anything else is coming, right? Fooled um, you. <laughs> yeah. She said, I had a conversation with them years and years later, right? Like, the same person interviewed me, like, why did you hire me then, right? Like, we're far enough away from it. I've proven that I, you know, you shouldn't fire me at this point, right? But yeah. like, why would you hire me? And they said, oh, you know, you asked questions. And even though you didn't know this thing, I could tell you cared, right? Like, you, you, mm-hmm. you actually were we're interested in learning the answers. Right. And like that yeah. stands out uh, And the more I think about interviewing, the more it's not like you have to get the right answer to whatever arbitrary problem mm-hmm. you've been given. It's, can you, you know, basically work to something and sh- show that process mm-hmm. along the way. Right. Yeah. And, yeah. and really the crux of the problem, that's what like, and what you do when you hit that part, you don't know how to solve that is the interview. Right. And that's what yeah. is actually being tested. Not do you know how to sure. find the first duplicate in this array. Right. I mean, if they have an interview question, you just blow through it. Like do that. Yeah, yeah, <laughs> yeah, sure. Still narrate. Yeah. But if, uh, you know, if it's, uh, it's all right to be confident through the problem, but yeah, it, one way I explained it once to some, uh, apprentices was if you're junior, you're going to either come in here and you kind of said, right, you're going to come in here. You're going to come in here. Mm-hmm. It's still like way less than whatever my, yeah. my level is for a senior person. So it's not where you are. It's your trajectory. Mm. Right. I want somebody who's on this trajectory, not this trajectory. Yeah. And that curiosity is what gets you here. The asking questions, the, you know, being able to communicate problems, that sort of stuff is what tells me you're going to move fast, uh, like get stronger, faster. Um, yeah. You know, giving up or, you know, some of these other like negative behaviors are red flags because it says to me, you're, you're not going to get better faster. Yeah, absolutely. I, I used to tell our, bootcamp graduates, you know, they're not hiring you for your technical skills day one, right? Or even mm-hmm. the, the employee you're going to be day one. They're hiring you for, yeah. you know, day six months in or 365, yeah. right? Like it's like growth, like, right? Yeah. It's going to be a drastic difference from those two points. And it's like, what is, what does that look like? Right. <laughs> yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, well, let's take a break and then we'll come back and, and move into the technical portion. Sounds good. Thank you for watching the first half of the professional technical interviewee. The technical interview will be released one week from this episode, so be sure to subscribe to make sure you don't miss it. New episodes are released on the first four Thursdays of each month. Find us on YouTube at youtube.com slash or on Apple Podcasts or Spotify. 
make sure you subscribe so you don't miss out on new episodes. And remember, keep practicing. Hey, how are you? Doing well. Video. Good. Thanks for taking the time. I like, is that your, is that your place? This is my home. Yeah. That's great. I've got my, you can tell I'm from Chicago. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. (laughs) Plants that I haven't killed yet. Yeah. I love it. Yeah. That's cool. Where are you in, where you at in Chicago? I'm going to, I'm going to turn these lights off. Yeah. No problem. Um, I'm in Logan square. Oh, cool. Nice. Yeah. Nice. Let's see if it's not. We're bouncing dark. around a bunch right now, so I'm in Maine. So I've got the oh wow, cool thing, rocking chair and decor. Yeah. I did not choose, but it's uh, it's it's so much brighter than mine with the uh, well, both the light and the white couch. I would never have the confidence to to have a couch that color. Yeah, I got um, I got bad like dust mite allergies. So we go to these places mm. and it's like a toss up of if I sit on the couch and immediately start sneezing and I'm like, well, I guess yeah. I don't have a couch for the rest of the month, <laughs> or if you know things are okay. And this one is not not nice to me. <laughs> oh no, sorry to hear that. Sorry, yeah, it's all right. <laughs> uh, great. Any, Any my questions? Other is lighting. <laughs> yeah. Um, questions? I don't think so. I guess uh, I'm interested to know when these typically get posted. Um, um, I was like a month and a half out, like basically it delayed yeah. from recording. I think it's actually a little bit longer now, mostly because I'm trying to take December off. Um, so I'm not posting nice. episodes in December. Um, yeah. But there's, I think. S- this will be like the like the third month of next year, which feels really far out. But um, that's all right. That would I'll be, be excited goal. to excited and or embarrassed of however it turns out six months from yeah, now. Yeah, barely barely remember. Right, <laughs> it'd be like a dream. I have an awful time watching anything of my own stuff. Oh, really? It's it's the worst to me because I'm always like, oh my god, I'm I'm so awkward. <laughs> you know um i used to feel like that and i hated the sound of my own voice too and then i started yeah. doing i was a theater major and i was doing improv mm-hmm. in college so i would yeah. do all the notes for our shows like i would re-watch them afterwards and mm-hmm. and then give notes for everyone and myself um and mm-hmm. it was like the weirdest thing where not only did i have to hear my own voice and like see myself i also had to hear myself improvising which is just like yeah. the lowest of the low so i think it got <laughs> me through most of the the cringe of of hating yeah. that so uh, that's really funny i um, just think of it as past me you know that's that's a different guy like i don't i don't have to associate <laughs> with everything that guy said <laughs> i remember i saw somebody recently who was like watching a thing that they did like eight years ago and they're like I'm I'm in my mid thirties. I'm immune to cringe. Yeah. <laughs> like I'm not the person who recorded that anymore and haven't been for a long time. Yeah. Uh, I don't know how much I'll change yeah. in the next six months, but um there's a podcast from it was like the week I graduated college and and was leaving South Carolina to move to Chicago and my brother just happened to be in the room when we were recording it so he found it the other day and sent it to me and I listened to the whole thing and I was like 
man, that is a time capsule of a very specific <laughs> point in my life, right? Like yeah. peak, like confidence of leaving college hadn't yet become like a working adult. But it was just like <laughs> a perspective that I, I can't relate to at all now, but oh, like, it's man. interesting that I felt that way. 